Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Michelle Cooper. Michelle is the High Priestess of Profit, a spiritual gangsta, CEO of Alchemy Accounting and Bookkeeping, a profit-first professional, and author of several books. Michelle took her small accounting firm in rural British Columbia to a thriving online business, encompassing coaching and consulting, speaking and writing, while balancing the management and growth of a brick and mortar office. She's built a solid team of bookkeepers, accountants, tax professionals, and business coaches who support impact-driven entrepreneurs to have highly profitable, sustainable businesses while creating the peace of mind that comes from a solid financial foundation. Thanks so much for joining me today, Michelle. Thank you so much, Diane. I'm really excited for our conversation. I am as well. And I love this idea of a solid financial foundation. Um, I, I sort of, I think I feel like a lot of small business owners don't necessarily um, focus on that sort of thing. You know, they'd rather focus on doing whatever they do to, to make money, but they don't really think about what that whole financial picture looks like. So I'm glad we're going to be talking about this Yeah, stuff. for sure. There's a whole world out there of um, focusing on revenue generation. And yeah. what we tend to focus on, um, like revenue generation is important. You don't have a business if you don't have revenue. However, it's my desire that entrepreneurs uh, have more money in their pockets. So yeah. I tend to focus a bit more on profit than revenue. Oh my gosh. And this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you because I do too. And when I talk to um, small business audiences, like about selling and making sure that you're taking on the right clients, a lot of that conversation is around, okay, I know you need revenue, but what you really need is profit and, and how, you know, bad customers can actually negatively impact your bottom line. Oh, absolutely. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a natural thing. I think when you get into business, you're really focused on, you know, getting the customers and it's like, yeah. you know, it's a bit of the hustle of, you know, um, gathering clientele and you tend to probably most people devalue their work and, <laughs> you know, they keep the price low. Um, and, and there's a, there's a energy of that as well. Right. And yeah. I just found in my own business growth, my business is 11 years old now. And mm. sure, there was years, those first couple of years, it, that's what it was like. And then um, I realized that, you know, I did really good work and I could mm. increase my price. And for some people that became out of their budget and 
really one of the things I found is the lower the price point, the more hassle the client tends to be. <laughs> um, and so, you know, some people left my business, but I was making the same amount of money and right. for half the work kind of thing. And, yeah. and so that was like probably my first, my own first real lesson in um, profitability and, uh, and was a really valuable one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It's amazing how that happens. We get so focused on revenue because yes, we need it, but we don't realize that we're probably working harder for less money than the work we do for the clients who are paying, you know, who are, who are investing equal to the value that they're getting. Absolutely. And, and it's also, you know, something I do with my clients is asking them like, what's the experience you want your client to have when working ah, with you? Yeah. Right? Because that experience costs money. And, no. and so if you want your clients to have like a Ritz Carlton experience when working with you, you have to build those costs into your pricing so that you are maintaining profitability you can't give a Ritz Carlton experience on a Walmart price point, right? This doesn't Not work. for long. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So talk to me about profit margins. What exactly are they? Let, let, we'll just start there. Yeah. So when we look at, uh, you know, a business's financials, the top you know, top number is your, your gross revenue, right? Like what's the total revenue that your business has brought in. And, and the first place that we see a cost is what's in accounting, what's called cost of goods sold. And this is like the cost of the delivery of the service or product. So if it's a product-based business. It's, you know, the cost of the item um, and anything related to that. And if it's a service-based business, it might be um, things that are directly involved in the delivery of the service. So if you've got other people um, doing that work for you, or you subcontract out a bit of that work, or, you know, some kind of cost there, that's the first kind of like, let's call it a hit you take on the revenue. And yeah. when you take, when you remove that cost of goods sold from the revenue, you're left with what's called gross profit, which is what I call real revenue. And I call it real revenue because this is the actual revenue that you have to work with now. Um, this is what's available to you as the business owner for your compensation. And this is what's available to you to pay your overhead costs. And when, when clients understand it in that way, they're like, oh, so my revenue was 100000 my cost of delivery was 25. So actually my revenue is only 75. And that is sometimes a light bulb moment and, yeah. and, and can significantly change things because when, when entrepreneurs are focused on that top line revenue number, um, they get quite excited usually about it. And then they want to spend that money usually, yeah. right? right? And so when you kind of look at the real revenue, because before you've, you know, before you do pay your bills, you've got to pay for the delivery of the service or product that yeah. can shift um, the client's perspective. 
And then of course, there's your, your, there's your overhead. There's all of the expenses that go into your business. If you've got a brick and mortar, it's your rent and your utilities. And your, if you've got team members and you know, things like Zoom and software and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, as well as, you know, kind of like owner perks, right? Like meals and entertainment or maybe some professional um, education uh, or other expenses that you can um, justify as writing off. And when you remove all of that from your revenue number, you're left with your profit. And margin-wise, um, at the, you know, depends on what you're writing off through your business, but at the very, very, very least, your business should be having 5% profit after you have been compensated. Now, okay. a lot of business owners aren't there, Yeah. right? They're not paying themselves and they don't have that profit. Yeah. And so it's sometimes a, you know, a, a truth moment where you got to have a conversation. Um, and, and it's important to also look at like, what's the purpose of your business? Are you running a lifestyle business where you write off, you know, a huge chunk of your lifestyle through your business? Or are you in a business that you are building um, maybe to sell in the future or something like that? Um, all of that changes the financials. Um, and so there isn't necessarily a right or wrong, but, um, but at least you want to be having a 5% profit at the very, very minimum after you've been compensated. I, th this is so great. I have to tell you that I love this whole, how you explained gross revenue because and I can see how that's a light bulb moment because when people understand that there's a cost to delivery, you know, to providing their product or service, and that the actual revenue they make is the money that came in, came in minus that cost, and that that is the revenue they're starting with, that, that that's a great it's amazing. That is a great way of looking at that. Yeah. Like the real revenue calculation is the first place that, that often people are like, oh, well, that, that kind of changes things. Yeah. Right. And, and there is a cost. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're a, a solopreneur and it's just you and your business and, and you provide a service. There's some kind of cost to the delivery of that service, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I think back to the early stage uh, days of my business, um, it was just me, but there was a cost there. Um, I provided bookkeeping and accounting and there was the QuickBooks cost or the tax um, software cost. Mm -hmm. I needed that to do the, to, to perform the work I was doing. That's not overhead. If I didn't have that, I couldn't do that work. So um, managing that, like uh, at the, at the early stages, people forget those things and they just take on these expenses, um, and they don't consider them in, in their pricing. Right. And, and it has a significant impact. So it's a great calculation for anybody to make, to just sit down and look at what it, what does it actually cost for me to, um, deliver the service, 
And then overhead, the distinction between the cost of goods and overhead that is easiest for a lot of people to understand is like overheads, like these things happen regardless of whether you have a client or not, you're still going to have this stuff. So for a lot of people in these days, it's like a Zoom membership, right? right. Or a telephone bill, or if you've got a brick and mortar, it's, it's your rent. Like these things are going to happen regardless of whether you've got one client or 50 clients. So understanding what that is well, as well, because that dictates your, the minimum amount that you need to receive in revenue every month. Right. Right. Now oh, that, that I, I love that explanation of that. I think that is so clear and, and easy to understand. So thank you for that. I think that that was Yeah. I try to make things, you know, in normal language. I don't talk in accounting <laughs> language. Um because so people don't they don't get it. Like they're not accounting right. kind of thing, right? And and so I tend to convert things into normal language and every day that anybody can understand because I do believe that anybody can understand this, even if they have a story that they're, you know, not good with math or whatever. Um, they can get a handle on this. Yeah, well, they definitely can, but I'd like to talk about that story that they have in that head, that that, that money mindset mm -hmm. and the role that it plays in increasing profitability. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it plays a huge role. I'd say it plays like an 80%, 90% role, to be honest, wow. um, because that mindset goes into um, the price point that they're charging, um, their confidence in uh, closing a sale, like it, it goes into every aspect of it. And if you have a, if you're carrying around a belief or um, a story that you're not good with money, that you're uh, not good at math, that um, you make bad financial decisions, that money is really hard to make, um, that as fast as it comes, it goes. All of these stories come from uh, experiences in our, in our early days, in our childhood, they come from our family and our environments and, and we absorb them. And the only thing that's happened is our brain has said, oh, this is, this is what it means, you know, um, around money. This is what money is all about. And what I've learned in my own journey and what the journey I take clients on is that those beliefs are just decisions. And at any point we can make a new decision about something and we can kind of cut that cord to the old story. And, and our brain is incredibly powerful with its capacity within neuroplasticity. Like we can create new um, beliefs. We can, our brain can learn and change and create new synaptic connections and stuff. And so we can change our relationship with money and we can um, uh, have a different experience of money and the financials in our business, but we have to be willing to, to look at it, right? Like we have yeah. to be willing to look at it objectively and compassionately um, and, and be willing to like wanna change it because sometimes those stories provide us comfort and it can feel scary to, move outside of that story. Yeah, definitely. And so do you find that, um, you know, that's an area that that's hard to get 
people to really communicate about? Well, yeah, definitely. I would say so. A lot of people don't, they don't make that connection. Like they'll, uh. they'll come to us and they've got really, like they've created financial chaos, right? They've got yeah. either no records or extremely messy records. Um, they might be behind in tax filings. Um, they, it, it's very chaotic, very messy. And they don't um, relate that to uh, their beliefs and their decisions they've made about money, about business, about success. Uh, and, and so part that like the first piece is, is meeting them with like, and meeting and them meeting themselves with compassion, that whatever they've done has gotten them to this point, And that they, for some reason, have realized that this isn't how they want to proceed in life, right? Like they, they, they acknowledge that this area of their life um, needs to be better, needs to be cleaned up. And what I believe is that when we, um, you know, tidy our finances, when we, we, we tidy our relationship with money, um, we get things cleaned up and we create some systems and processes to like practically look after the, num the money, but also um, examine and repair our relationship with money, then what we experience is a completely different level of wealth um, uh, and an ease and flow of that wealth. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, but it's, it's, uh, it's kind of multi angled, right? Like a lot of people will talk about like abundance and money story and energetics. And then some people talk about, you know, practicalities and it, I see it to be both. You it, you can't have one without the other, um, because you know if you've got a really crappy relationship with money and and you kind of force yourself to clean it up, you'll get into the same problem um, once again, right? It's like this, you know, the people yeah. who win the lottery and <laughs> they lose it in a, like three months, kind of thing, yeah. right? Because you haven't really solved the problem. Haven't solved the problem. And they don't have the capacity to kind of handle the energetics of that money. And so it just kind of slips through their fingers, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. At this time, I'd like to take a sponsor break. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. And I'm sure you know that Audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, but you might not know about the other content. There's podcasts, Audible Originals, guided meditations. Uh, my favorite thing is to be able to listen to different kinds of things all on the same platform. I think it's a time saver uh, and it's like a productivity uh, hack for me. I don't have to go jumping from one platform to another. Uh, so we're offering you a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Sign up for that free trial and then explore on your own. You know, check out the audiobooks, check out the other programs, see what really, you know, resonates with you. Interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Okay, so now let's talk about pricing and yeah. expenses. Let, let's sort of, you know, talk about both sides of this fence. Do you think it's better to increase prices or cut costs or is it situation dependent? 
Yeah. What are your thoughts? Great, really great question. So what we do with clients is um, a little bit different probably than what almost all accountants do. I'm not really an advocate for like slashing costs. Um, I take clients through a process where, and anybody can do this, where they look at all of the expenses in their business. So line by line, you can just print off a bank statement, a credit card statement, and line by line and look at what that is. One, is it required? Like, do you have to have this in your business? So great example of that for most businesses these days would be something like Zoom, right? You have to have that to do business these days. Um, like if you're, if you're in a service-based business, probably. Uh, and then um, if it's not absolutely required, is it something that uh, sparks joy? Does it bring joy to you? Does it feel good? Um, do you like this? Uh, does it provide ease? Um, like, you know, some things, you know, they're, they're not like, oh my God, I love this thing so much. Um, like, like in our company, we use Trello, um, it's not like I'm gushing over Trello, but it does provide ease within our operations. Sure. And so it's it's a really important expense. And what they will find is there's things that they're spending money on that aren't in resonance with um, with their energy and with what they uh, prioritize as important or easeful, right? It doesn't bring them joy. And so we can get rid of those things really naturally. It's not like you've got to go without your $5 latte kind of thing. Um, because I believe you're a sacred creator and you can create that money. Um, but if you don't desire the $5 latte, then you don't need to spend the money on that, right? Like yeah. it's really, truly stepping into your desire and like, can you have can you have gratitude for this money that is flowing out of your, out of your bank account? And if you can, that's great. And if you can't, um, we got to look at that item and see if it's, if it's needed and if it's not needed, maybe get rid of it. And if it is needed, um, then what's the thinking that's going on that, that you don't have gratitude for it because it's obviously serving you in some way. Now, so interesting having gratitude for the money that goes out. Yeah, it's a re it was one of my biggest lessons um, personally. Um, I had a I had a lot of gratitude for money coming into my business. Sure, you know I was like, oh, I'm so grateful, and I would do my gratitude journal, and I'm like, I'm so grateful, and I'm saying thank you, and this is awesome. And then I'd get like my phone bill for four hundred dollars. <laughs> And I'd be like, screw you phone company. Right. <laughs> and I was, and it, it was like one, it was a moment I was sitting at my desk. I can clearly remember this. I was sitting at my desk and it was like, like the clouds parted kind of thing. And, um, and uh, I was like, I have so much gratitude for the money coming in. Why do I not have gratitude for this phone bill? Like, why am I so resentful to the phone company? that, um, that I, I get this bill. Right. And so I had to look at that and, and look at my thinking, right. Because my phone bill, um, provide like my phone provided me so much connection to clients, to my family, my kids, uh -huh. I could do business anywhere, like so much mm -hmm. joy. 
right? I'm like, why do I resent this? And oh. so it, it just highlighted an area where I was in lack, like feeling like I needed to keep this money, like, and that for mm-hmm. me highlighted this worry that, um, you know, there wasn't going to be enough money to pay the bills. Right. And, uh-huh. and it, it, you know, as I dug deeper, it was around like, you know, childhood situations. I, you know, my family was a hardworking commercial fishing family and we lived in a feast or famine cycle around money. Like when fishing was good, we had lots of money. And when it wasn't, we had none kind of thing. And so that's how I kind of lived my life still. And, and so I, I made a new decision about that. And I started practicing gratitude for the money that like equally the money that was going out of my business as was coming in. And if there was something that I wasn't gratitude, wasn't grateful for, or couldn't find the gratitude for, um, it shouldn't be in my life. Like just plain and simple, full stop. It should not be in my life. And, and so then we find things in our expenses, like say that gym membership where you haven't been to the gym in a year, but you're still paying the membership where there's little bits of shame attached to that. Right. Like, but I should go to the gym. Oh, but I made a commitment to go to the gym. This was a priority. I let myself down and then there's shame and guilt. And that's all a really um, lack and scarcity and fear based thinking. And so it, it's going to affect the, your relationship with money, it's going to affect the energetics of the money. And so just going through that process of expenses, not looking at, at it from a place of, I have to cut everything out because you can create whatever it is you want to create. Right. And at the same time, looking at what you're charging and how much, like how, how, what is the profit on your product or your service? What, it, what are these costs involved? What's the cost of the client's experience? Are you the giving a Ritz-Carlton experience at a Walmart price? Because that's not fair to anybody, right? right? And so like often, it's funny, often when we're working with clients, I'll, I'll say like, you need to double your prices. And people are like, what? I'm like, just double it. Or they'll say like, um, oh yeah, I, I, sh- I should put my price up and I'll be like, how much? Well, $20. I'm like, no, no, you're already undercharging given everything that goes in, in, into the delivery of this service. So just adding 20 bucks isn't really going to do anything. And if somebody nice. um, has, you know, a, a, a problem with that, then Um, they're maybe not your ideal client. Now, if you have a, to me, if you have a, uh, like a, uh, your coach or something, and you're running a program, and you have people who are like re-enrolling, I wouldn't tend to like increase their price on them, keep that the same. But for new people, the price would be different. Um, And if you have a service-based business, or a product-based business, um, there's actual real costs involved in that. And, you know, in our business, we saw a, a big jump this year in uh, software costs. Yeah. So Intuit put its software up a, a bit, really big chunk. And so we had to pass that um, price increase 
onto our clients because it just, we couldn't absorb it. Uh, we've, we've absorbed small increases in the past and we couldn't absorb this one. And so it was a conversation with the clients one-on-one to it, you know, to say like, this is the price. I understand this, this may feel like a big increase to you. And here's what we're going to provide. Um, here's all of the support that you get when working with us. So I think there's a way to, to do the price increase rather than just like, you know, send out an email and your price is now this kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> no one likes that experience. Right. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, but but you talking about this now raises another question that I have, which is what do you say to people or, or how do you suggest people navigate this um, system that I, I find a lot of service providers get into where they will <clears throat> offer a, a discount to someone because they're their friend or, you know, it's a family member or whatever. And then that person refers them to someone else who is then expecting that same discount. Yeah, that's a hard one. Oh, yeah. Right. It, it's a hard one. Um, I always, so the first thing I would be asking is why the discount, right? Like, like, you know, is, are they, are they offering a discount because they want to secure the deal? Um, is it like a, a self-valuing situation um, or worthiness kind of deal? And really, when we think about friends and family, um, I tend to take a little bit of a different view on that often, which is kind of like, um, if you're actually my friend or family member, I would think you'd want me to make money. <laughs> like you'd, you'd want me to be, you know, operating in a profitable, um, sustainable business. And so you, you would want to do that. Now, if I choose to give you some money off, I think we just need to be really clear in that conversation that this is a specific um, discount or lowered price because of our relationship and it wouldn't be offered to anybody else. Yeah. Um, so it's like setting That's it up good. at the right. beginning. And yeah. then I think if somebody comes to you and they're like, oh yeah, you know, Susie recommended you. And I know she paid like $300, but you're saying that you charge 500. Um, it's really a transparent conversation yeah. around like, well, Susie's my cousin. And I offered this to her because A, B, and C, and um, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't discount that for you. Um, and hmm. the more transparent we can be in our conversations around money, the better our whole world is, right? And and it's funny because it's it's often such a taboo subject, yeah. right? Like yeah. people don't want to talk about money. Um, but I I I often think like if we um, if we had if we had been willing to talk about money uh, 50 years ago, when, you know, women were in the workforce, um, we would have discovered way earlier that we were paid less than men. And then we might've had these conversations way earlier. (laughs) Um, But there's this, 
this shame and embarrassment and guilt that's kind of slapped onto money. And the way through that is to, for me is just being super transparent and, um, and open about it. And so I will, I will tell anybody what I've made, um, uh, you know, what I've created in my, in my business or in my careers, what I was paid, because I feel like if I don't, um, it's, it's keeping that shame going and that secrecy. It's like, it's like hiding mm. a dirty little secret. Yeah. Right. Right. You're just perpetuating that whole system of yeah. thinking. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, so thank you so much for that. I, I really appreciate it. I think it's great advice. I also think that while it may be difficult to embrace, we have to remind ourselves that if the person we're talking to doesn't understand it, they're not a good client for us. Absolutely. That is, right? Absolutely. And that's why, that's why I'm saying like, you know, if your family or your friends are like, oh, do I get a discount? It's kind of like, well, wouldn't you want me to make money? Like, why would you ask me not to make money on something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't expect somebody to not make money. Um, so why should they expect me to not make money kind of thing? Right? Well, and would they ask that same question of someone else who was providing the same level of service and value? Who wasn't right. related to them? Right. Right. They wouldn't think about it. They wouldn't. It's like, it, you know, it's like going into the grocery store and saying, oh, well, can I have, you know, $2 <laughs> off my milk? Because, you know, we're neighbors or yeah. something, right? It's like, yeah, right. no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true. I was just talking to a group of people yesterday and somehow that subject came up about discounting and, um, and I just totally lost my train of thought of what I was. Oh, I know what it was. It, it was that they're allowed to ask the question, you know, whether they should ask it or not. Totally. But, you know, they're allowed to ask the question. It doesn't mean that you have to give them the answer that they're looking for. Absolutely. Value. Yeah. Yeah. And for some cultures that it, it's just the norm, right? Yeah, that you, right. you don't accept the first price. There's a, right. a, a conversation that's had, right. Um, yeah. And that, and that's totally okay. Right. Like you can always sure. ask, right. I, it's funny because like, I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I always say like, I'm the worst, I'm the worst customer in like a market or something because I don't like the whole bargaining thing. Yeah, like it makes me feel right. uncomfortable, but they and, want you to do it. Yeah. And it's like part of their enjoyment yeah. often. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. and I'm just like giving people money. Cause I'm like, I can't have this conversation, <laughs> um, but uh, um, it, it is an, it's an interesting piece to look at right uh that that is a it could be a cultural thing or um or even even like uh asking for flexibility i did this recently where i would i had a, a large fee to pay for something and i was like um can i make this in actually three different transactions instead of this one lump thing a week apart uh, it just will help with my cash flow. And the person was like, totally cool. Right. Yeah. She was like, Oh yeah, no problem. That's no big deal. But I, 
I might've been more scared in the past to ask for that. Um, and then, and then gone to the place of, oh, I can't afford this. Yeah. Right. right? And, yes. and so instead I was like, well, no, I'm, you know, like, I really want to do this. I value it. I just need to make it work for my cash flow. So what kind of flexibility can I create here, which is a more empowered place rather yeah. than a, a kind of um, lack or reactive place. Right. And, and when you give a reason like you did, then yeah. it's not about the price or the value. Exactly. It's just about cash flow, which any, you know, business owner can understand or should totally, be. totally. Yeah. 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 Right. It's a different conversation, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Wow. I got to tell you, <clears throat> Michelle, I love this conversation and I, it, it has been um, so great. And as you say, you know, in regular human language that I think people can really wrap their heads around that I am really grateful that you have spent this time with me explaining these things. And I have to say, I think my biggest takeaway is being grateful for the money that you're spending. It's, it will make a huge, huge difference if people just did that. Yeah. It changes the energetics, right? Yeah. I think we all know the power of gratitude. Sure. You know, we're, we're living in that place now where we understand that and it completely changes the energetics. And uh, it's, it's probably the, the biggest thing that you could do that will shift uh, your wealth. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, seriously, that, that was really had such an impact. So thank you so much. Will you let the listeners know, you know, how they can find you, whatever you've got going on that they should know about, please. Yeah, completely. They can find me at uh, alchemyaccounting.ca. We have a little gift for them, um, which is uh, alchemyaccounting.ca um, forward slash growth. Uh, and that is a workbook uh, called uh, Your Money Date. And it will walk them through a process of uh, changing, beginning to change their relationship with money. So really easy, step-by-step, -step, um, the beginnings of, of shifting the energetics and the relationship with money and the, the gratitude practices in there as well. And they can find me on, uh, on Facebook under Alchemy Accounting and on Instagram as Michelle B. Cooper. Terrific. Thank you. I will make sure that that link and that workbook information are in the show notes so that people can grab it. And once again, thank you. Thank you. This was really wonderful information. Oh, thank you for having me. I love talking about this and I am extremely grateful to have spent this time with you, Diane. Me too. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.
Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.